Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. So happy to have you here, my friend. Don't forget the articles just keep coming. CruiseRadio.net. Get you some money-saving tips and find out what's going on in the cruise world right there at CruiseRadio.net. On this episode, we'll get a review of Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network. She just got back from a 10-day Eastern Mediterranean cruise over on Norwegian Jade, so we'll get a full review there. Also, a little later on in the show, we'll have CruisingExcursions.com stop by to give us a recap of some really good and inexpensive Mediterranean shore excursions. But first, as always, it's Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. Doing great yourself? Good, man. Allure of the Seas completed a massive dry dock. What are we going to see, and where is she? Well, she's in the Mediterranean, so being the largest cruise ship in the world, Doug, anything they do, of course, is going to be massive, because this is a massive cruise ship at 225,000 tons. Um, they, they, did, you know, they did boost um, the number of restaurants. They now have uh, 18 restaurants, including some of the new ones, so now... It, too, has uh, Azumi, the uh, hibachi, uh, it's got sushi, and uh, the teppanyaki menu, um, as well as uh, sushi. Um, they also have the uh, Saber Tequila, mm-hmm. uh, tequila bar, uh, they have, uh, which has uh, authentic di- uh, Mexican dishes. Um, they have the Coastal Kitchen, which uh, is what debuted on Allure, uh, I'm sorry, Quantum of the Seas. Mm-hmm. So it's got uh, some California cuisine. Uh, ten new suites. Um, they've got some new boutiques by uh, Michael Kors and Douglas Parker, mm. um, <laughs> which you probably have heard of, <laughs> with, with of uh, his uh, his colleague uh, Kate Spade. Sure. Um, and uh, you know she she had a lot of the uh, upgrades that uh, Oasis had. So uh, she's supposed. To, I, I've heard from some people who've already been on it, and she looks she looks terrific. When are we going to see her back in the states? We'll see her back, I guess, uh, November or so. Okay. Nice. Uh, let's talk about Norwegian Cruise Lines. Uh, first off, Norwegian Cruise Line had a dining room policy where they said no food leaves the main dining room and no food leaves the Lido deck area. And then uh, something happened. What happened? Well, what, what happened was, Doug, you know, one of the uh, new executives uh, who does have a little pull with the company uh, went on a cruise and was um, aghast at the disgusting habits of some of the passengers where they would get the food, bring it back to the room, and then discard it outside their cabins <laughs> into the hallway. Uh, some people were, you know, let's say they were walking around with ice creams or different foods and uh, it was spilling on the carpet, it was spilling on the stairs, it was spilling in the elevator, um, which... You know, of course, it is unsightly, and yeah, it it is annoying when you, you know, you walk down the hall and people just, you know, just they finish their food, and then they throw it out into the hall. Well, the reality is, is that those those trays, for the most part, are are usually room service trays, not food that's being taken by uh, passengers. Because normally, you know, they're not taking trays; they're usually taking plates. Mm-hmm. It could be brownies, it could be desserts, Doug. It could be some light snacks. It could be a burger or a hot dog, but. When you see the big trays where the food, I mean that that was room service, mm-hmm. and inst- you know what what people should be doing 
is leaving it inside the cabin, calling room service to have them come pick it up, or leaving it for the cabin steward when he cleans a room twice a day. Uh, I mean, you know, you see these people, they do it at, ho- some people do it at hotels. They think they're at the trailer park and <laughs> they just throw it into the hall thinking that it's okay because they don't want it in their cabin any mm-hmm. longer. Um, now, there's a difference, obviously, between Oceana um, and Regent and Norwegian Cruise Line. So I can understand why one of those executives would be shocked to see behavior like that. But, but uh, needless to say, there was a lot of people that were upset. And uh, so essentially they did uh, reverse the policy, and they will come up with some new policies in order to hopefully uh, curb uh, passengers from uh, discarding their used trays, including uh, maybe utilizing those cameras that they have in the hallways. So they reversed the policy so that you can actually take food out of the dining room again and Lido deck again then, right? Yeah, but yeah, people weren't doing that. Again, okay. I, I, I sincerely believe it was, it was these are room service trays, but uh, people are not taking like full meals right. from the dining room and going back to their room. Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. It, it just, it's just not happening. Okay. But, uh, you know, unless Norwegian is a little different than everybody else. All right, very good. Three queens meet in Liverpool. First it was what? Southampton? Doug, I mean, the first one was actually uh, in New York. A few of those in New York. But this is the first time that all Canard Line three queens have rendezvoused in Liverpool. Hmm. And uh, they, it, it is part of the 175th year anniversary celebration, which uh, the uh, Canard Line kicked off in uh, Long Beach with uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, and Queen Mary there in Long Beach. Um, so they, they did something in Southampton, and now they did something in Liverpool. And for those that don't know the, the significance of Liverpool with Canard, Canard was founded in Liverpool, um, and the first sailing of a Canard ship on the transatlantic was, uh, I believe it was July 5th, mm-hmm. from uh, Liverpool to New York. Ah. So Queen Mary II will be back to Liverpool to reenact that special voyage. So this was uh, an opportunity at which hundreds of thousands of people that, of, of living in Liverpool and around came out to uh, greet three queens, Queen, Queen Elizabeth, Queen Victoria, and Queen Mary II. Pretty, uh, pretty special. That's not to be confused with the drag show I saw in New Orleans, Three Queens in <laughs> Liverpool, is it? No. Okay. Just, Don't confuse it with that, no. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Also, uh, on a sad note, Queen Elizabeth II left to rot in Dubai. What's going on here? Many uh, listeners may know that uh, Dubai World bought... Uh, Queen Elizabeth II, and they took her out to Dubai. She was part of a $100 million project, which Queen Elizabeth II was supposed to be a floating uh, hotel, and they were going to have stores and all kinds of other things that are built uh, around there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the world economy tanked back in 2008, and uh, unfortunately nothing's happened, and the ship is just rotting there. Um, and it's, it's a shame. She was a beautiful ship. Some people will say, you know what, let it go, (laughs) you know, just, just move on. Um, and others, there is, there are a lot of passionate people, Doug. I I put out a story, you know, a link to it and got over 4,000 clicks on that one story. So it just shows that people are still extremely passionate about Queen Elizabeth II, which is considered by many to be maybe one of the greatest cruise ships ever to be built. Hmm. Wow. And, uh, and, and so they're, they're very disappointed. Some people would like to see her maybe moored in, uh, along the Thames River in London. Uh, I'm told, unfortunately, she's uh, too long or too big. But, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, this is a special ship, and it would just 
it would be it would be a shame to see it uh, go to the scrapyard. Big announcement: We'll both be there next Thursday in New York City. Carnival Corporation announcing something. Stuart, I know you know something. You've got to because you are a Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy. <laughs> what? Uh, can you give us any hints or allude to anything? What I could tell you, Doug, is it's it's something that is going to be make people feel really good. It's it's really a it's it's a really great idea. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, not not to spill the beans, but all all I could tell you is you'll never guess what it is. It's it's some it's something that people it's for a lot of people uh, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be a, a trip that's it's really gonna uh, make make people feel good, and uh, and it really shows. How amazing, you know, Carnival Corp uh, can really be, and uh, so I'm excited uh, to be able to learn more about the details next week, and it just gives another reason for people to continue to listen to CruiseRadio.net. Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guy. Find him at CruiseGuy.com or on Twitter at CruiseGuy. Thank you, man. See you next weekend in New York. See you next week, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, in which we include the visas, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. So in a couple of minutes, we'll be talking with Nancy Schreider from the Family Travel Network. She just got back from a Mediterranean cruise, which is a perfect tie-in to this week's guest. We have Shelly on the line. She is the Shore Excursions Manager at CruisingExcursions.com, and she's going to talk to us about a couple of Mediterranean excursions. So, Shelly, first off, welcome to the show. 
Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm doing good, Shelly. Great to talk to you again. Uh, so in a couple of minutes, we'll be talking with Nancy Shredder about her cruise on Norwegian Cruise Line over in the Mediterranean. And a lot of people want to know about Rome. So my first question to you, Shelly, is uh, how can we get an excursion where we can skip the lines in Rome? Because when I was there a couple of years ago, it was not only hot, but uh, there was a lot of people. The popular Vatican visit and Rome highlights tour includes all its entrance tickets for the Vatican and Sistine Chapel. These skip-the-line tickets help you to get through security without having to queue. This essential collection tour also helps to see all the attractions in Rome, such as the Trevi Fountain, Pantheon, Piazza Navona and also the Colosseum. All the start times can be arranged to suit your ship's itinerary and you'll also be met at the port by a cruising excursions rep. This will be a professional English-speaking tour guide. The drive from the port to central Rome takes approximately an hour and a half, and throughout the drive, your guide will give as much commentary and information as you need. Your guide will stay with you all day, except on your free time and entrance inside the Vatican. Cool. What are some of your most popular tours over there in the Med? Because uh, I, I just speaking from experience, uh, you know, being on a few uh, seven, nine, and twelve night Mediterranean cruises, there is so much to do over there and so much to see. How can we drill down to the see the the most important sites, if that makes sense? Our essential collection tours are our most popular tours, and these tours have been created with the view that it will be the first visit to each port and include all the must-see attractions for that port. We offer private, small group and also tailor-made tours where we're able to accommodate all personal requirements if you need something more specific or would like to travel at your own pace. Yes, and if you've never been on a private tour in the Med, it is the way to go. No other way to see Rome uh, with a one on <clears throat> Yes, and if you've never been on a private tour, it's the only way to go, especially if you're going to a city with thousands of people like Rome. Uh, Shelly, I have a listener question here. It's from David from Arkansas. He mentions that the Cruising Excursions radio commercial mentions that you can arrange visas for visiting St. Petersburg, Russia. How exactly does that work? And a very good question, too, because I don't know the answer to that either. Cruising Excursions arrange your shore tickets or visas for St. Petersburg free of charge included in your tour or excursion package. All we need is the passport information in advance so that we can arrange these for you. Any recommendations for St. Petersburg? We offer a large range of unforgettable shore trips in St. Petersburg. You can choose from either a half, full or two-day tour. You could also treat yourself to a private tour of Moscow Highlights, which is brand new for 2015. How about multi-port shore excursions, like bundling everything uh, for one price? Yes, Doug, we do offer packages to suit all of the major cruise ship itineraries. Cruising excursions are up to 60% cheaper than the cruise line prices, and you can save even more if you book a package of tours with us. Very good. Mary from South Carolina says, can I book your excursions with my local travel agent? Yes, you can, Doug. If your travel agent is registered with cruising excursions, call us for more information if you are unsure. Our telephone numbers are on the website, www.cruisingexcursions.com. So last but not least, Shelley, I want you to tell us why we should book with cruisingexcursions.com, because we know it's 60% cheaper than cruise line shore excursions, but uh, in your own words, why, what makes it so attractive, what makes it so appealing, and what makes it so convenient? Pre-booking your port tours with cruising excursions will save you time and also money. Some tours are very popular and will sell out months in advance, so by pre-booking, you won't miss out on any must-see attractions either. A Cruising Excursions English-speaking guide will meet and greet you at the port, and we absolutely guarantee to get you back to your ship 
in plenty of time. We have a 24-hour helpline for your complete peace of mind. Our tours include popular interests such as scenic, cultural, historical, shopping or activity-based tours such as cycling or walking. We also offer a large variety of accessible and family-friendly tours. Cruising excursions can also tailor-make tours to suit your exact requirements. So if you would rather travel at your own pace or do prefer private or small groups, then please do get in touch. And finally, if your ship doesn't port for any reason, you will receive a full refund. We've been talking with Shelley. She's the Shore Excursions Manager at CruisingExcursions.com. If you want to find out more about them, just head over to CruisingExcursions.com or check out the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Thank you, Shelley. Thanks for having me back. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. We just love getting your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, just email comments at cruiseradio.net. Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network joins us this evening. She just returned from a 10-day Eastern Mediterranean cruise aboard Norwegian Jade, and she joins us tonight. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Doc. So, Nancy, we'll talk all about Norwegian Jade in just a couple of minutes, but let's take a step back and talk about your pre-cruise thoughts for Norwegian Jade. What made you want to take this itinerary? Well, you know, Doug, one of the many reasons I really was looking forward to this cruise was the amazing itinerary the Norwegian had for this one. I'd never been to Istanbul, so the opportunity to cruise up through the Dardanelles and through the Bosphorus and spend two days plus an overnight in Istanbul sort of drew me like a magnet. And the rest of the 10-day Eastern Mediterranean itinerary was really fabulous, too. And I loved the idea that it was round trip to Civitavecchia. So we loved to spend a day pre and a day post in Rome. That was really great. I was also honestly very excited about the Norwegian freestyle cruise experience. As you know, we're incredibly casual people, and port days in Europe tend to be long. And so the chance to sort of do whatever, whenever, was really appealing. The, the Norwegian Jade just has this really informal feel and an international crowd. So I really couldn't wait to get on board. Very cool. So let's talk about getting to Rome from, because uh, I know you're based in Washington, D.C. So what kind of process was that? Well, you know, I always try to make, uh, to arrive a day early for European cruises just because I get really worried about potential flight delays and cancellations and missing connections. So for me, it's nice to arrive a day early to just, you know, take care of all that, plus start adjusting to the jet lag and time zone changes. And the major thing that we did this time that was really different is we decided just to take carry-on luggage. So we flew KLM on the way over, and the carry-on restrictions were a lot tighter than on U.S. carriers. So we could only take a 21-inch suitcase that includes the wheels and one piece of hand luggage, total combined weight. 26 pounds. Wow. So, and we were going to be gone for two weeks. So we had to pack very carefully. And that's sort of where the Norwegian freestyle cruise experience came in. We just weren't worried about, you know, tons of formal nights and everything. Um, and we knew we could do laundry on board. Honestly, everything worked out perfectly. I was really glad we did just carry on. We, you know, we didn't have to worry about anything and it worked perfectly. The other thing that was really great for us was finding this thing called the Civitavecchia Cab Service. And it's really perfect for anyone who doesn't want to hassle with the train. They whisked us from our Rome hotel to the Civitavecchia port and it was 69 euro total for two people as part of their shared service. It was really awesome, so easy. We also used them for airport transfers, and the cost was €40 Euro for two people from our hotel in Rome 
to the international airport. That was great. Once we got to Civitavecchia, you know, embarkation was really easy peasy. There was no wait in line. We got whisked on board, and there we were. You kind of cut out, Nancy. How much euro was it, you said, getting to the cruise port? It was 69 euro for two people total. Okay. Getting from the Rome Hotel to Civitavecchia port, and then 40 euro total for two people. And that that is for a private service from our hotel in Rome to the airport. And they also do it from the airport to your Rome hotel. They also have the same thing if you're going from the airport directly to the port of call. Okay, very good. Uh, let's talk about embarkation. How was it uh, being an American embarking in Europe? What kind of process was that? It was actually really easy. No problem at all. We just, you know, popped out our passport and stuff. There was no big issues at all. Um, it was easy. Okay, cool. So you get through embarkation, you get on this ship. So what were your first impressions of Norwegian Jade? Well, see, for Norwegian Jade, for us, for this trip, it was really a case of not too big, not too small, just right. Uh, Norwegian Jade has about 2,400 passengers. So it's a mid-sized, really easy to navigate ship. But interesting about Norwegian Jade, for a mid-sized ship, it has tons of choices. And I know we're going to talk about dining later on, so we'll talk about that. It also attracts a very international group of guests. There were about 50% Americans on board, 50% international guests from all over. And we really enjoyed that. We had a feeling that we were really on an international trip, both on the ship and in port. So that was great. Very good. So let's talk about uh, your stateroom. You get on board, you go through the public areas, and you make it to your stateroom. So first off, Nancy, uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it? We had a, a balcony category. I think it was BB, um, but it was it was a standard balcony cabin. It was very nice, plenty of storage space. And on this itinerary, I was really glad that we had a balcony cabin, especially since we were cruising the Bosphorus and along the Dardanelles, even though it was at night. Um, and on sea days, you could just look out and sort of watch the world go by. Um, for us on this cruise, and, and it, I really, this was one of the best vacations Jim and I ever had. Our balcony stateroom didn't really feel like a stateroom at all. It was sort of like a state of mind. I mean, for us, it, a lot of times it takes 10 days to two weeks to really unwind. And we were able to do that on this ship, partially because of the Jade's really relaxed vibe, partially because of the timing of the sea days, partially because of the freestyle approach, partially also because of the incredible crew and how warm they are. So, you know, sometimes now that I've returned back on those stressed out days where you're sort of like, <laughs> I remember relaxing in that balcony cabin on the sea days and sort of watching the world go by and I just sort of go, Oh, everything's all right with the world. Let's shift gears here and talk about dining, because uh, one thing Norwegian is known for, and they have been for about 15 years, is freestyle cruising. And with the freestyle cruising concept comes freestyle dining, eating where you want, when you want. So, uh, you know what, Nancy, I'll let you just pick where you want to start and start talking about dining. Well, okay, so let's start at the top. For a mid-sized ship, the Norwegian Jade is loaded with dining options, and that's one of the many reasons that it's a true standout. Some of the dining venues are free. Some of the specialty dining options come with an additional charge, but let's start with the free ones. The, the two main dining rooms are the Grand Pacific and the Alizar, and when we did eat in the main dining rooms, we chose the Grand Pacific because it has this really huge open airy feel with these big windows it's really nice 
One of the things I'd love to point out that we noticed, the sirloin steak on the always available menu is huge. Mm -hmm. And the salmon on that menu is great, too. It's open seating, but a number of people that we found um, made advanced reservations that they wanted to eat at a specific time. Um, the Norwegian Jade also had some great outdoor grilling events, um, you know, in the afternoons, and the food on those was tremendous. Some of the other free options, the Jasmine Garden Asian Restaurant is free. The Blue Lagoon is open around the clock with great comfort food. And then they have their Garden Cafe buffet area. And honestly, the Garden Cafe was one of the best buffet restaurants I've ever experienced on a cruise ship. We ate dinner there on a, a number of occasions because the food was so great, and we just really loved the relaxed atmosphere. It was wonderful. We didn't feel like we were missing out on eating in a dining room at all because the food was so tremendous. They did a great job of reflecting the local flavor in each port of call. So, you know, when we were in Greece, we had Greek night and foods of Turkey and Turkey and that kind of thing. Nice. Um, and another really great thing about that buffet area is they had this unbelievable crepe station. So don't miss the Nutella crepes if you really like them. There's also a kids cafe in that area as well, which is really nice. But the Norwegian Jade has tons of specialty restaurants. There's Cagney Steakhouse, Teppanyaki with their Japanese hibachi-style chefs. There's Le Bistro French Restaurant. There's the Moderno Churrascuria Brazilian Steakhouse, a sushi station, and an Italian restaurant as well. For us, our hands-down favorite was Cagney's, and I know you've eaten there many times. This one, great staff, beautiful venue, delicious food. We absolutely loved it. Uh, the food on the Norwegian Jade is a definite plus. Yeah, let's shift gears here and talk about entertainment because uh, Norwegian is known for dining and entertainment. So uh, let's talk about some of the entertainment options that you got to experience. Well, again, here's where the Jade is is great. Um, we really enjoyed the entertainment in the two-level Stardust Theater, but the Jade really reflects its European ports and international clientele with the acts that it books onto the ship. So there were a lot of acts from Europe, and they often sang in English or Spanish or Italian and in French. We loved that, again, because it gave you this great feel for the area, like you were really in Europe. Um, and there was great entertainment up in the Spinnaker Lounge as well. Um, it's not exactly entertainment, but we did use the Spa's Thermal Suite on one of the sea days. That was just so relaxing. Um, interestingly enough, on this April cruise, there were 400 kids on board our cruise, and the families raved about the, the ship's Splash Academy. It's divided into four age groups from six months to 12 years. They also have a great entourage program for teens 13 to 16, and there's lots of family activities that everybody can enjoy. For a European cruise, the important thing, too, is they have this port play uh, complimentary program of supervised activities for kids 3 through 12 on port days. And that can be really nice if parents have busy sightseeing excursions in a European port and they feel like the kids are just going to be just wiped out. And there's also group babysitting for a fee in the evenings as well. One thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves during sea days, both inside and out, as far as the crowd flow and in the areas of mass congestion. How was Norwegian Jade uh, going from port to port? It was awesome. We had three sea days on this itinerary. They were very well-timed. I don't usually love sea days, but the sea days on this ship were so relaxing. The first one was the first day after leaving Civitavecchia, so it gave people time to sleep in, 
adjust to the new time zone. They had lots of activities, but they tended to be low-key. They were wonderful. Then the next two were right after Istanbul, and those were also really well-placed since we had been going from port to port to port to port to port with extensive shore excursions at each one. And it was also really nice because we actually stayed up till 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Wow. Um, while we were going through the Dardanelles to mm-hmm. like experience the Dardanelles and see the war memorial and that kind of thing. So it was really nice to relax then, too. Um, we were there in April, so even though I would have said, oh, it's cooler, not too many people are going to be using the pool, everybody was out of the pool anyway because it was sunny, and you, it did really well. You were uh, mentioning you were going through the Dardanelles. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay, so for the millennials listening, and uh, myself included, uh, what exactly is that? It's a very narrow strait, and it's well known for uh, the, the – um, the historical significance that it played during World War One, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's a very narrow strait. You can, as you go through, you see, you know, sort of both sides: the European side and the Asian side. And it's unbelievable to me how all these ships get through there. And at night, it's amazing because there's so many tankers and things going back and forth up through the Dardanelles, and they manage to get them through um, at the same time. But how they do is incredible. Some ships, they also have, um, you know, narrators on board talking about the historical significance of the Dardanelles and stuff, but we were going through at night, so we didn't have that. Very good. Let's talk about the ports uh, on your 10-day itinerary. Since I was looking forward to several of the ports so much, I spent a lot of time researching and booking shore excursions prior to sailing, and for anybody in the Mediterranean, I would really strongly urge, know where you're going, research your your ports and figure out what you want to do. Um, Istanbul, Kuzdashi, and Athens were really important to me. They were some of the major reasons why I chose this cruise. So I booked private shore excursions there, and I'm really glad I did. It helped to make the cruise really memorable. The first one we went to was uh, Olympia, which is Catacalon in Greece, and there we rented a car and actually drove all over the place. We went to Olympia, which is where the the Olympics were held. Uh, we went to a winery, the beach, the Kerbasti nunnery, and more. It was awesome. Our next port was Piraeus for Athens, Greece, and there we did this incredible cruise ship combo private tour with Jordan Daigaloo. He packed so much into one day, and the key there was for us to get off as soon as we, you know, pretty much as soon as we were cleared, we were off the ship. We did a Best of Athens tour that included almost everything that somebody would do in a full-day Athens tour. Plus, he took us down to Cape So Union to see the Temple of Poseidon, which is so nice. beautiful. In Kuzidashi, uh, we booked private tours with Neander Travel for actually all of our Turkey ports of call. They were awesome. In Istanbul, that was the highlight of our trip. We absolutely loved Athens and Kuzidashi, but in Istanbul, it's just the sights and sounds and tastes and experiences that are so extraordinary. You're, you're walking you know, along and you're hearing the call to prayer from one mosque to another, and it's just, and then you walk into the mosque, and so beautiful, all of the, the mosaic work, and it's just so amazing. In Naples, we took a, uh, one of the public ferries over to Capri, and we just spent a day on our own there. So we took the public transportation all around the island and a boat tour to see the Blue Grotto once again, and then just spent a couple of hours and a couple of glasses of wine at one of the little cafes down by the water and just watched ships come in. It was really 
heaven. <laughs> it sounds like you had a, a very packed itinerary. You sound like you had a, a great time with the ports. Oh, definitely. Honestly, again, it was one of our best vacations ever. We loved it. Well, uh, in closing here, Nancy, uh, do you have any first-time tips for folks who may be traveling to Europe? Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple. First of all, don't overpack. So save room for your purchases and you can do laundry on board the ship if needed. Arrive a day early. That will give you uh, plenty of time and allow you not to worry about flight delays. And it also gives you more time in your embarkation port because there's so much to see. Bring comfortable shoes that are well broken in. You're going to be doing tons of walking. Make sure to manage your credit cards and tell your banks and credit card companies about every country you're going to be in including places where you're going to make connections in case you get stuck. Um, definitely research your port to call and make sure excursion arrangements in advance. And when you're in port, get off the ship early. You'll pack so much into each port day by just being one of the first people off the ship. All right, Nancy, and any been there, done that tips for Norwegian Cruise Line or Norwegian Jade? Yeah, definitely make your specialty uh, dining reservations in advance or on your first or second day. And people might want to consider Norwegian's ultimate dining package if they do want to eat at specialty restaurants every night. There are actually a lot of guests on our cruise that did that. And then the other thing I would just focus on is managing and protecting your funds wisely. Most of the ports they call take euros, but not all. So um, for instance, in Turkey, most of the places would only accept Turkish lira. So figure out how much you want to budget for each port of call. Try to stick closely to your budget. Um, and again, you know, try to make sure to protect your funds from scammers and pickpocketers. And, you know, that's true in U.S. cities as well as Europe. But it's just really important to stay aware of what's going on. So try to stay away from the outdoor ATMs and those in major tourist areas. If you can, try to use the ones in indoor bank lobbies because they're better protected with camera surveillance. And during the day, they have bank employees around as well. You know, a lot of people love to use the ship's ATM. It's often easiest to do that. But important point, that only works if you're, it's dispensing in euros. So make sure to ask before you take lots of money out of the ship ATM, because if you get it in U.S. dollars, that's not going to help a lot. We've been talking with Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network. Nancy, always a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your experience. Thanks for having me, Doug. I really enjoyed it. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.